0: going to get into the word, and we've called our series, A Sky Full of Stars. I don't know if there are any Coldplay fans out there. It might ring a little bit of a bell. But the whole, the whole idea of this series is, coming into Christmas, there's a lot of things that I always ask myself, what is this whole thing about for me personally? Is it truly, is it truly about family? Is it truly about the spending? Is it about the Christmas tree and the decorations? Is it about a lot of food? Is it about rest? And somehow coming into Christmas, there's all these options. There's a whole sky full of stars available. But the question I want to ask this morning is what shines brightest to you in this season? If you look at stars, if if we look up to the stars and, and we see only a fraction of what's available with our natural eyes, there's 9,046 stars available to the natural eye that we can look at as human beings on Earth. Now, if you know anything a little bit about how geography and and science work, you only see half of those stars in the hemisphere that you are in. And you don't see them the whole time the same. They move as Earth moves. And a lot of them are actually hidden by Earth's shadow. So there's a lot of things that you don't see when you look up to the sky. You see maybe 4,000 stars if you've got brilliant eyes if you stand awake for the whole night in a pitch dark place and you look at the sky the entire night through. But then behind it, there are trillions of stars and billions of stars. And I actually have the math here. Listen properly. (laughs) 10 trillion galaxies, they estimate. This isn't a truth because it's impossible to actually measure it. 10 trillion galaxies times 100 billion stars per galaxy. So that is 10 to the power of 24. That is unfathomable to the human brain. We can't even imagine it. And when you go out here in Somerset West, there's not a lot to see. You might see the Morning Star and the Three Sisters and the Seder Grace And that's pretty much it. We had the privilege to be in the Cedarburg Mountains last week as a family when we took a week of rest. And the stars there were incredible. We saw so much more. But looking up to the stars, there's not a lot for us to see, but somehow in this world that we live in, and especially in this season, there's all these stars and things around us that could pull our focus. Some of the things I want to mention to us this morning that could pull our focus are all the events we have to attend, all the family matters and sometimes family politics. If you look at social media, there's 500 million Instagram accounts with an approximate 500 photos, average per account. So you could sit on Instagram endlessly for the entire December holiday and look at photos that people want you to see, all the status updates that you can read over this time. There's money matters, how much will we spend, how much will we hold back, will we buy this, or will we buy that. There's family and kids, the demands of the children who are all of a sudden 24-7 around because school is out. But the question this morning to us is what shines brightest to you in this season Of Christmas. And I want to look at the surge of the wise men and their quest for a true king. And we're going to be looking at the story of the wise men for the next three weeks as we discover the message of Christmas together again, excuse me, as a family. So turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2, first book of the New Testament, second chapter, easy to find. And we're going to be reading together. The story of the three wise men, as we know it. Starts like this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. It's Paul's Ephraim. They saw something much brighter than what they are used to. And they traveled afar, and I said, we want to go find out what this thing is, because it stirred in them a heart of worship. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. We're going to look at that in a minute, because here he is actually the king of the Jews, and they're coming to look for the new king of the Jews. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophet— And then they recite what the prophet wrote down. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. Everyone say diligently. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, similar to what we had this morning in our worship. And going to the house, they sought the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frank incense, and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. Let's pray together. Lord, my prayer is simple this morning as we look at your word and what you're trying to teach us, that our ears will be attentive to the word of your Holy Spirit, that you will use me as a vessel in the way that you want to con- convey your story to us this morning and that it will accomplish what you have set it out to achieve in our hearts and in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. A quick mention here, and I I say that I will get back to that. Verse 3 to 4 reads like this. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Because these men came and said, where is the king of the Jews? Herod in that point of time was considered the king of the Jews. For the past 40 years, he's been ruling as the king of the Jewish nation as set in by the senate of that time. And here comes three wise men, and they were considered wise, and we'll get into that in a little bit when we get to the twist of the story. So hang on, there's a good twist this morning. And they said, we're looking for the king of Jews. He was born, we saw his star. And Herod all of a sudden feels insecure. And this is very interesting. And all of Jerusalem with him. It's a very interesting thing to note, and I'll talk about that in a minute. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them whether Christ was to be born. The main thing, and the first thing we need to note here is that it wasn't the king that was born. It was the Messiah. It was the Christ. And even King Herod knew this. Think about it. There are probably five to ten babies in the United States being born today that could potentially be the president of the United States of America. In today's age and time, anyone could potentially be the president of the United States of America. But there's no celebration, there's no expectation, there's no, nothing big about this. But there's something different. Is there's a star that rose in a sky full of stars. Something came up that pulled the attention of the people and said, there's something different out there. There's something so much greater And because of the prophecies of before, the people knew that the Christ, the Messiah, was born. So in the search for a true king, these three wise men didn't actually went looking for a king. They went looking for the Christ. They saw something supernatural. They saw something different. They saw something so much brighter that they couldn't take their gaze off it. They said, we want to go find out what that is. And in actual fact, the wise men were captivated with this thought of Jesus. And again, I ask the question to us this morning, what shines brightest to us? What are we captivated by that we can't take our gaze of it? Are we still as a church in a place where Christ Jesus is truly at the center and our gaze is only upon him in the season of celebration? Or have our gaze shifted to other little things and maybe opinions? Maybe our gaze is on the challenges we face. But what I love about the three wise men is that they gaze was set on Jesus as they were captivated by this thought of the Christ that have arrived. Three things I wanna share with you this morning when we look at this journey of the wise men is first of all, the wise men allowed interruption. Who of you guys like it if your normal day or your planned week gets interrupted? Anyone out there who's like that? Maybe the spontaneous sanguins, Anyone likes it, a big interruption in the middle of the day? I'd never forget the day that my Christmas day as a boy was interrupted years back. We went to the church service that we had to go to because it's Christmas day before I had a personal revelation of my, my walk with Jesus. So going with your parents and you sit on the heart pew and you sing all the songs with the oral and you just want to get through this hour of singing and then three hours of preaching so that you can go home and open up the presents. Anyone know that kind of feeling on a Christmas day? So here we are in the car back home, and my parents start talking other things than the Christmas message, and I started noticing they've got other plans for the day than what we have as kids. We want to go out, we want to eat as much as we can, and we want to go play and open up our gifts. And they rudely interrupted our Christmas day by deciding on that day that they're going to go and take some of the food that I was supposed to eat and go give it to the newspaper salesman on the corners of the street were standing on Christmas Day in the beating of the sun because they thought, you know what? They don't have family around them. They don't have someone around them that could give them love. They probably don't have something to eat. So on this Christmas Day, they chose to be interrupted by the normality of what we usually have. And we see it in the life of the wise men. And they taught me something about allowing God to sometimes step into my world and interrupt it look at my diary and look at my plans and look at my things and say, Pierre, you know what? I have an appointment there for you that I want you to look at. The Bible says that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand so that you may walk in them. And these wise men were probably going around their normal living and all of a sudden they saw this star and there was an interruption to them. And they decided they're gonna look Take a moment and pause from the normality of their lives and look into what this interruption could be. In the book, The Divine Intruder by James R. Edwards, one of my personal favorite books, he, re- he wrote it down like this. The Bible does not present the epic of the human search for God. When we open the Bible, the Israel we read about is not in search of God, nor is Abram or Gideon or Deborah or Paul or the Apostles. Even the prophets, whose consciousness of God exceeds anything we know from any culture in history, are reluctant recruits. They didn't go looking for God. God recruited them. He stepped into their lives. He he interrupted the normal going around life. And he pulled them up to what they became. These and other characters in the Bible are all going about their own business much as the same then as it is now. In those days, it was to fit in with the nation's roundabout. Today, it may be to fit in with the crowd, make the grade, or join the party. In the drama that they have scripted for themselves, God breaks in. And we see it with the wise men. And I'm quoting James R. Edward. God breaks into this world and join us in the drama we scripted for ourselves. There is a divine intruder among us. And these wise men allowed that interruption to happen. They didn't just look at it and say, "Wow, that's bright, that's pretty, that's amazing, that's new." I'm just going to go on with my normality. They stopped and they considered and they pondered. And said, "That is something special." So will we, as God's church, allow His interruption in all the plans we might have in the season of family and fun? I love how Titus puts it. He says, "For the grace of God appeared." bringing salvation for all people. It didn't suddenly grow. It didn't suddenly develop. It appeared all of a sudden, here is Jesus Christ in the midst of us. And he's saying, I'm bringing grace. I'm bringing life. I'm interrupting the order of things. Will we stop and consider and put our focus on Christ? The second thing we notice of these wise men is that they followed God's leading. Once they were interrupted, they didn't think out their own plans and ideas. They continued looking at what God has placed in the sky, and they started following it. I think about my own life and the many times that I follow my own brain and my bull market plan ideas and the things that I want to do. And have we unlearned the art of following God's leading, even in a season like this? Do we just follow the leading of our hearts and what we want? Do we maybe follow the leading of tradition? That's how we used to do it, so that's how we need to continue to do it. And maybe in our tradition, there are things that is not honoring of God, that isn't as aligned to the Bible as we think it is. Will we truly look into the Word of God again and say, God, we want to follow your leading in this season? This is the promise of God to us out of Isaiah 43, verse 16. But I'll take the hand of those who don't know the way, who can't see where they're going I'll be a personal guide to them. Directing them through unknown country, I'll be right there to show them what roads to take. That is the heart of God towards us as a church in this season. The question is, will we stop and say, God, yes, interrupt us? Will we then say, God, lead us to places and guide us in uncharted territories for your kingdom and in our own walk and our own relationship with you, or will we just settle for the normality of the drama that we've scripted for ourselves? I think the wise men were indeed wise in saying that we're gonna follow that. That's something different. That is something special. What's interesting about contrasting the wise men to Jerusalem, which at that point were the people of God's gathering place, is that the people in Jerusalem were confused by this message. They actually like, say what? Jesus is born? They were supposed to be the ones that anticipate this. They were supposed to be the one, ones who found God's leading in this moment and go and visit Jesus Christ and pay their homage to their true king. And this made me think about us in our Christian walk, and that so many times as a Christian it is very possible, like the inhabitants of Israel, Israel, uh, Jerusalem, to be unaware of God. We could very possible and plausibly in this season of Christmas be totally unaware of him. We could be so infatuated with all the things that we want to make happen over this precious three, four weeks that God is totally uninvolved. And then we become like the Jews in Jerusalem at that point that didn't even know that their king was born. And contrasted to them, there were three wise men that noticed and they said, we will follow the lead. So my encouragement to you This morning is follow God's lead in this season. Ask him, God, what do you wanna show me? It's interesting how the end of the year makes us turn down and kick up our feet. And I always say, Jesus doesn't go on a holiday. And the reason I'm saying that is because he still has appointments with you. He still wants to teach you things. He still wants to spend time with you. He still wants to walk with you, encourage you, uplift you, strengthen you. But somehow we sometimes put a little pause on that. Resting away from Christ is not true rest. Celebration away from Christ is not true celebration. Disciples of Jesus Christ, and in what we believe, is we center everything around Him. It. And it's truly in that, and in His leading, that we find everything we have to. So let's be wise, like these wise men, and ask for God's guidance in our journey. And in the third thing, after we notice that the wise men allowed interruption, that they followed the guiding of God as they pursued Christ diligently. That's why we said that word out loud, diligently. Diligently meaning day in and day out. At every opportunity, we will go out and we will seek Jesus Christ in our midst, in our homes, in our families, in our children. Hebrews 11 verse 6 encourages us. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Imagine for a minute the reward that those wise men encountered and the experience and the exceeding joy when they actually opened up that manger or that, that, that stable door and they walked in like we found it. Imagine how excited they must have been. The Bible said they had exceeding exuberant joy. Because I diligently sought after this Jesus Christ. And that exuberant, exceeding joy is available to us if we would come to a place where we seek God diligently and daily and then he rewards us with times and precious times with him. The best thing you can do for your family in this time is to actually be quiet and sit and just seek Jesus for a little while. Put down the presents, put down the hoi polloi and everything else that happens around Christmas and say, we're just gonna... We're just going to see Christ and diligently. We're going to worship him. We're going to make it about him. These wise men did. They experienced a great reward in finding Jesus in that moment. Such a reward that today we get to tell this story. And here's the twist this morning. is that I don't know if you knew this, but these wise men were unbelievers. They weren't children of God. They weren't followers of God. They weren't part of the Israel nation. They were total unbelievers. When I read this, and I I got reminded of this this week, I'm like, wait a minute. So these unreligious, godless, don't-know-God people were so infatuated with the star of Christ that they've let everything behind, like the disciples did when Jesus called them, said, we're gonna pursue this with everything in us. Oh my god that's how I want to be. I want to leave everything behind. Because if they did it, how much more should I who walk with you in my journey of discipleship leave everything behind to seek you diligently. And here's the key and the twist this morning is that all the time the magi and I'm using a different word for them were seeking after Christ, God was pursuing them. This is the crux of the story. The Bible says the word that we use today is the wise men. But if we go back to the original text, it uses the word magi, which is from the word magos, which is an oriental astrologer or wizard. So these weren't just clever boys walking around and they could think of stuff and they were pretty wise and you ask them advice and they say, do this, do that. They were astrologers of oriental beliefs and wizards who did magic And Christ Jesus interrupted their lives and they saw something much greater and brighter. And in the end, when they walked into that manger, I'm sure they realized this was all the time about him seeking us. This was all the time about the great intruder who comes into our lives and pulls us closer to him. It was never about our journey of discovery. It was about his journey of discovering us in him. And that's the beauty of the message of Christmas. If we truly engage this and what God who became man has done for us as humans, we will be rediscovered and we will be realigned to what he has created us to be. So ask Brian to share a song with us this morning in light of this thought that I'm sharing with you. But Isaiah 60 verse 3 says this, Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. These magi, these three, three wise men, also known as the three wise kings or the three kings, were drawn to the light of Jesus Christ. And in that, his light shone upon them and they were discovered in God. And this is the fulfillment of the prophecy that Jesus Christ didn't just come for the Jews, he came for all of us. If you have to put yourself 2,000 years back You wouldn't have been part of God's people. Maybe some of us, if you go track your your bloodline, but we were part of what was called the Gentiles, the unbelievers, the heathen, the people far off from God. But on the day that Christ was born, God shows us his missional heart and that Jesus Christ didn't just come for one nation, he came for all of us. And that in itself should be